Hello, I'm Niall Brown, and welcome to this special double interview episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. This time around, I'm chatting with a pair of directors who've joined the podcast to discuss their latest releases. First up is French filmmaker Romuald Boulanger, who's going to discuss his new thriller, On the Line. The film sees Mel Gibson star as a radio host, whose evening show is thrown into chaos when he gets caught up in a dangerous game of cat and mouse with a deadly caller. It's a hugely enjoyable film with plenty of twists and turns that'll keep audiences guessing until the very end. This spoiler-free chat sees Romuald talk about working with Mel Gibson, shooting the LA-based movie in Paris, and what it's like shooting a thriller in a confined location. My second guest is Chuck Russell, the director of Jim Carrey breakout comedy The Mask, the Arnold Schwarzenegger action film Eraser, and the Dwayne Johnson vehicle The Scorpion King. Chuck joins me to discuss Paradise City, a new film which reunites Pulp Fiction stars John Travolta and Bruce Willis. It's a chat which covers everything from working with two of the biggest screen icons of the last 50 years, as well as the complexities of filming an action movie on location in Hawaii. As always, I hope you enjoy what we have to talk about. How are you? I'm not bad yourself. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Where are you actually? I'm in Ireland at the minute. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Perfect. And where are you? Are you in France? Yeah, no, no, actually I'm uh, at the AFM uh, in Los Angeles. Right. Uh, So thank you for doing this interview very late for you, right? Um, Yeah, well, it's about eight o'clock here, but no, do you know what? It's great to talk to you because I really, really enjoyed the movie. So thank you so much. To, to talk about it is uh, is really good because and we won't we won't go into spoiler territory. We'll, we'll talk <laughs> it's hard. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Yeah. It is. Um, I mean, I again without going into spoilers, I did not see sort of how things unfolded. So I mean, I was hooked from the start. Oh, okay. So tell me about how the, the, it all came together and and well, um, I was a radio host for uh, 15 years, so it's a right. world I know very well. Uh, and um, and uh, actually, what's happening in the movie happened to me kind of uh, when I was a radio host. Someone called uh, the, the switchboard operator tell, told me, "Oh, uh, there is someone who wants to talk to you." So during the music, I go to the where all the phones are, and she takes the phone, and the guy says, "I kidnapped your mother, and if you do not put me live on the air, I'm gonna kill her." And my mother was already uh, uh, not on this in this world anymore, so uh, so so it didn't work. But yeah, I think it was a good start for a for a movie, and uh, and I love that world of radio, and uh, and so that that's how everything. That's the first uh, thing in the I mean in the process, yeah. <laughs> Plus, and then I mean, you obviously get Mel Gibson, a huge huge star to star. Now, how how do you get how do you snag Mel Gibson for your movie? It's beyond my dreams. I mean, uh, Mel has this uh, uh, incredible voice. First of yeah. all, he, he's the perfect radio host because he has this deep voice and this uh, huge charism and and uh, and and tremendous talent. And uh, it's a good question. People are always ask me, "How did you get Mel Gibson on your, on your movie?" <laughs> it's a good question. So we know we were very lucky. We sent the script, and uh, he loved the, the the script. I guess there is something particular in the script because at the end, like you said, there is a big twist, uh, and, and I think he was. Uh, he, he loved that. Uh, he's very fun. He's a fun. He's a very fun guy, uh, and we had a lot of fun on on set. So I was the luckiest director in the world, working with Mel. But it also must be slightly intimidating because he is an Oscar-winning director. What's it like, sort of directing him? You know, yeah. Him? <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
is it going to challenge everything? Is it because you didn't know who you're going to have uh, uh, in front of you? And it was honestly, it was incredible because the first day I met him, he told me, look, I'm here. I'm going to take my director brain, put that here. And I'm, I'm at your entire disposal. It's a dream for a director. And, uh, and that comes also with, uh, with the fact that he's the most professional guy ever because he knows, he knows things. He knows how to place. He knows everything. And so it was very easy. Uh, and I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, a little bit worried before meeting him. And the minute I met him, I knew it, it would be awesome. And on set, on set, it's great to have Mel because he has always anecdotes on all these movies. He talks to everybody, even the PA to the, the DP to everybody talks to everybody. And he has an anecdote with everybody. I mean, he's, 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 he's great. Well, that's, I mean, and obviously, I mean, he's been doing this for like 40 years, so he, he kind of knows what it's like. Um, but your film, it was shot in Paris, wasn't it? And yeah. that in yeah. America, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually maybe the only thing, the only film uh, where the story takes place in Los Angeles, but shot in Paris. I mean, it, we actually built an entire radio station floor. Uh, we shot a, a picture of Los Angeles and we put that on the background <laughs> in the studio. We, uh, and we shot in, the, in downtown Paris. Uh, we shot the, um, uh, the downtown LA. I mean, it, 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 it worked very well. We had a wonderful team. Uh, and if you watch the film, normally you do not notice that it's in Paris. Sometimes they read the Eiffel Tower in the... In the no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, no. I, I wanted to shoot in Paris just to explain to everybody that, that the fact is uh, my production company is based in Paris. I'm French and we have everything here. And uh, it, was, it was also a lot of... Uh, it was still difficult to shoot. It was COVID time and still difficult to shoot with all the borders and stuff. And uh, so it was easier to bring mail and, and shoot that in Paris. Uh, it's, so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's very rare because usually films are set in Paris and there's the shot in LA on, on a back lot. So you've, you've yeah. kind of, for the first time, in my knowledge, you've, you've worked it the other way around, really. Yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's fun and uh, and also it's hard because you have to to bring a lot of things like uh, for example like a, like a police car. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a police car in the movie, and uh, it's a great anecdote that we didn't find any American police car in Paris, so we we had to find one. And the one who arrived, it was a, a sheriff car and Mel told me it could, couldn't be a sheriff in the center of Los Angeles so we had to scratch the 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 logo of the sheriff at the end so that's kind of things happen if you shoot like an American movie outside of America but uh but no it, it was great and what sort of shooting schedule I mean obviously it's all set within one location how many days did you have to sort of to make it I mean I think it's uh it's the shortest uh uh, shooting Mel ever done as a lead uh, because it was 15 days only and he's and on like one hour 40 minutes film Mel is on screen for one hour and 38 minutes yeah. and that's why it's so good to shoot with Mel because he's good at the first take and uh, and it's it's so easy to shoot with him because you should you should want you explain to him and you say okay well, that's my idea and he said great great and he goes and you say, okay, that's that's it. I mean, the first take is good. It's Mel Gibson. He has like, like you said, 40 years of experience. And I mean, you you sort of, you, you've got Mel, huge star. How do, you, how do you then fill out the supporting cast around him? How did you go about casting those roles? 
Well, I was a huge fan of uh, Enrique Arce, who is uh, in uh, Money Heist, Casa de Papel. Uh, so I contacted him uh, and he was on board immediately. I was a huge fan of Kevin Dillon. Um, and, uh, and I think, he, yeah, yeah, my dream was to shoot with him. So I was very lucky to, to have him. Uh, there is, a, I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, not very original for a director saying, oh, I have the best cast ever. But in my case, it's, it's really that. I, I was so lucky because everybody, and also the fact that it's, it's in Paris, uh, everybody was uh, dining with each other, uh, uh, seeing outside, well, uh, uh, living the, the the Paris life, uh, so it, it, it was great. We we had the we had that feeling on set too because we are like a, on a big vacation uh, for for uh, three weeks, and so um, I worked with uh, William Mosley. I love him uh, playing uh, the character of Dylan. Uh, he was very focused, very prepared for that role, and uh, also uh, young actors like uh, Alia Serrano O'Neill is playing Mary. She's gonna be a star. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. she's great. And, uh, and the voice, the voice is very important. Paul Spera, the guy who's playing uh, Gary, the, 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 the caller, um, is, uh, is, is American, but he lives in Paris. Uh, so, um, and, and, and he's great. Well, that's it because, I mean, he's a large part of the film, you know, like you said, Mel Gibson's on, on screen for, you know, 99% of it, but that voice is there sort of 99% of it as well. Yeah. So how do, how do you go up? Do you just cast the voice by listening to tips or do you, you, you read them like a normal actor coming into a room? We actually did a short movie. Uh, the, the, the feature is based on a short movie. And, uh, and back then, uh, Paul Spera was all, already uh, did the, the voice in the yeah. short movie. And, uh, and, I, and back then I casted like a hundred of voices uh, because I wanted someone who you can feel uh, uh, that it could be crazy uh something like mysterious but also uh, and, and you understand with the big twist at the end so so i was lucky that first of all paul is an incredible voice but at the end i, I don't want to spoil it but he's a is um he's a tremendous actor i mean he's, he's yeah at the end we totally believe his character and uh, he's perfect yeah but um no paul was great and i don't know if you know that but we actually um uh, recorded his voice at the same time during the shooting, we, we uh, organized a place for him on each set. So Mel had his live voice on, in his headphones. And uh, so I wanted that thing so he, can, he could react Mel and uh, in, in life. Yeah, it was great. Well, I was wondering about that because often in films, you know, you've just got somebody just reading the lines, you know, off yeah. screen. Yeah, but it doesn't work. I mean, if you have someone like, uh, if you have like a, like a, an assistant uh, on the floor saying the lines like that, you don't you don't feel really it. And Mel has the the headphones too, so uh, I wanted him to feel uh, uh, like like a real radio uh, radio host, like feeling also the um, the sound of uh, of the of the gunshots, the the breaking glass, everything that's going on. Uh, the sound is so important in that film. Um, and uh, and so that's why Paul, and I have to say he was pretty, uh, I'm pretty proud of him because he spent like 15 days in a small <laughs> box in the dark <laughs> telling his voice and not knowing what's going on. In Actually, there is like long scenes where it's, it's, it's just a voice. So it was like, uh, is it finished, guy? And uh, is this it? <laughs> it's, it's very... It's um, I mean, it's, it's a very tense film. And how do you, once you're filming it, 
are you cutting that in your head, knowing how it's all going to shape up just to keep that rhythm and that tension? Or does it all come together in the editing room? How does that work? Yeah, I think you, you when you do a movie, you do a movie uh, three times. You do a movie when you write it. Uh, you do a movie when you shoot it. You do a movie when you edit it. And so it's this three process. Sometimes the, the script is good. Then the shooting is, is okay. And sometimes, it, I mean, we were lucky on my point of view, because it's my movie, we we had we had the opportunity to to have the the, the film that we wanted and we had in mind when when I wrote the script. Uh, and um, so I hope people do not get bored during the, the the process because my goal is to they want them to go until the big twist uh, at the end. So I hope I hope they're gonna be surprised. Well, I mean, I was, I mean, I was sort of, I thought I, I know what this movie is, and I was sort of there to the end. And then obviously the twist happens and I was like, I did not see that coming, you know. That's you know, good. the only thing, that's the only thing I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I haven't watched it again, but when I do, I'll, I mean, that, that's the beauty of a movie like that, with, with a, an ending that you, you do get the initial enjoyment out of it. You go, whoa, I didn't see it. But then you look for clues the second time around and see how. And there is a lot, and there is a lot of clues that you, that you see. Oh, okay, when when they when they speak to each other in that room, that means okay. And you have to, yeah, you have, yeah. It, it, we we have to 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 talk to each other again later when everybody has seen it, so we can definitely. Uh, That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a difficult one to kind of talk about. Yeah, I mean, even the promotion. I mean, uh, even even the like to promote the film. Like I, I was discussing with uh, some of the cast, and uh, like for example, Nadia Faris, who's playing the, uh, the the boss of the radio station. She's great. She's a, she's a French actress, and uh, and and Nadia. It's it's hard to explain the movie with that big twist because you don't know you know you don't want what you don't want to tell too much and um so that yeah you have to enjoy the ride yeah you have to take the ride <laughs> that's it you know you, it's just an awkward position for you you know to be out going right i've got this movie and i mean one of the great things about it you can't talk about but i mean yeah yeah but having said that you know good. I, I hope it's gonna help the movie and i hope yeah I, people who, who adjust people to enjoy it so i'm very excited about this release in the us today it's today so we're very uh, very very happy well that's i mean it must be so so good for you to kind of know that it's out there and with with streaming now everyone can see it it's not just you know limited cinemas or, or small places it's you yeah, know it's everywhere so i hope like um, a lot of people will see it and uh, it's great because it's already uh, released in italy for example and uh, and it's it's wonderful to get like feedbacks from every countries uh, and uh, and i i, I received some some um, some feedbacks and it, it's great to 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 share that emotions and stuff uh, with with people around all around the world I actually see your hat that you're wearing. It's a, an Elvis hat. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to send one to you. Uh, I, can, I can send you this one. Yeah, this one is for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna ask uh, someone to send to send you a, a cap. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I just noticed yeah. Elvis, and then the, is it a radio microphone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his logo. It's uh, Elvis logo with on the line here. Uh, we just made that, and and uh, yeah, I hope to. Maybe to to uh, to play with that character again. I, I think uh, this world, the radio station, and Elvis as a as a radio host. I mean, I mean uh, Mel as a radio host. It was so fun and so great, and uh, I love that. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was great. You know, and again, it was a character that 
okay, he's a bit of a wise ass, but it was a Mel Gibson character that we we haven't really seen somebody who's a bit more in peril, you know, and sort of out of his depth, which you know you don't yeah, normally it's, see him. It's it's exactly the the movies we loved when when I was a kid, you know, in the eighties, nineties, uh, and uh, and Mel is perfect in it. Is uh, I was so lucky. I've, I'm feeling blessed, you know. I'm feeling blessed. Yeah. And after this, once you've done all the promo, what what's next for you? So on the line two, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, actually uh, started to think about it uh, because uh, uh, here here in Los Angeles, I met a lot of uh, people all around the world who the distributors like from uh, every country and uh, and they're very happy with the film. So we were thinking, oh, well, why we go back again with the characters? So maybe, but no, I'm, I'm currently uh, working on, a, on my next project. Uh, it's, a, it's, a time, um, it's a time loop um, thriller. I love time loop. So yeah. uh, it, it's a time loop thriller and uh, we are currently uh, pitching it and, uh, and casting it. And, uh, and no way, I'm, 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 I, once again, it's a movie where I want people to be uh, surprised. You know, uh, that, that's the only thing, like having like people watching a movie and say, ah, oh, that's what, I didn't expect that. Or so I hope, uh, I, that's my goal. Well, that's, I mean, I'll say it again, you know, with, with On The Line, I did not see it happening. And because I, I kind of thought it's gonna be kind of a stalkery sort of thriller thing. And it is, and then it's something else. And I mean, you sort of come out of it, you go, do you know what? That was really good, you know? So from my perspective, as, as somebody who watches a lot of films and kind of thinks they know what they're expecting, you kind of blew me away with that. I uh, really appreciate it. You know, it's my best uh, gift of the day, like having you. I, I know you're an expert in movies, so I'm, I'm, that's the, the best thing I can, I can uh, hear from someone, yeah. Well, I've taken up enough of your time, so can I just say thank you very much for, for joining me? No, thank you for your support. Really appreciate it, and uh, and no, uh, I hope people will uh, will get surprised in uh, in the film and watching it. Well, that's it. Yeah, I'll spread the word. I'll let them know how much <laughs> I enjoyed, and I will also look very much forward to uh, on the line too. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for for your time. I know it's late over there. Thank you oh, again. Not a problem. Thank you, Ramon. And now for my conversation with Paradise City director Chuck Russell. Hiya, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you for joining me today. Happy to be here. And talking about Paradise City, I have to say it's been one of the, the films I've been looking forward to most this year, 2022. Wow. Fantastic. So it was, it's a pleasure to talk to you about it and uh, sort of to have watched it and enjoyed it. So, so thank you for the talking about Great. it. Great. So how, let's start at the start. How did Paradise City come into your life? Um, producer Corey Large is a friend and we've been looking to do something together and he mentioned he was developing a thriller to be shot on Maui with Bruce Willis and this goes back now to um, 2020 I think uh, and I thought well this is a perfect match because I have a great relationship with John Travolta let's develop the next step of the screenplay uh, to bring two iconic actors together and um, get to shoot it on the beautiful island of Maui. So I'm, I was in for the same reason I think audiences will enjoy this film, which is that you, you get to be in Maui in this kind of wish fulfillment adventure and see these, these two terrific actors uh, clash in a great thriller. 
Well, that's it. I mean, obviously they worked together on Look Who's Talking sort of decades ago and obviously Pulp Fiction. And this is sort of a, another kind of step where they're they're kind of antagonist and protagonist. So it's, it's actually quite quite a different relationship than they've had on screen before as such. A true. Uh, I, I think there's, uh, if you look at their, their, uh, their whole rep repertoire of films, uh, I think uh, we can anticipate what might happen between them. And I think that's part of the fun of casting this, these guys. Uh, the, the, it was also great at this point uh, in both their careers for the reunion, because they got a great deal of respect for each other. That's and John Travolta makes such a brilliant villain. You know, he 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 can play a hero like he did in the last movie he did with you, I Am Wrath. Um, but he can also he plays such a phenomenal sort of bad guy. So it, it must be great to to tease both of those out of him. John is a terrific actor, as I guess we all know. But there's a certain zest when he has a, a antagonist role uh, that he can really dig his teeth into. So it's one of my favorite ways to watch a Travolta pictures is when he's the bad guy. And he, he is the bad guy in this one. Well, that's it. There's, there's the great scene in the, the limousine where he's, he's talking about his espresso and why, you know, he sort of, he, he can sort of grab sort of dialogue like that and really sort of chew into it. So it's, it's fun to watch. It's funny in, in rehearsals, sometimes I'll tighten a scene up and I, I do that with John in kind of a collaboration and he wanted every line. He, he loved, he loved, kind of the eccentricity of that scene. Uh, it's the kind of thing actors can dig their teeth into. And I thought Blake Jenner did a great job in that scene too. Yeah. I think uh, putting John and Blake, staging them just right next to each other in a locked car interior, really put some pressure on the scene in a good way. Well, that's it. Yeah, because at that point, you don't really know the relationship between the characters. So it, it, it's got a, a, you know, we're not fully realizing who John Travolta is at that moment in time. So it's quite a, it's a very good dynamic, you know. Are we giving spoil? I guess we're giving spoilers, but I think the spoilers are a bit in the trailer. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I mean, we won't go too spoiler heavy. But yeah, it's it's good that he's sort of <laughs> he, he's playing more than one character as such as me in, in the film. That's true. That's true, and I think it's part of the reason he liked the the role. Um, one of the things when I was watching it, and maybe it's it's just me as a viewer, but it 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 almost it sometimes reminded me of a a classic James Bond film. You know, is that something? Such that a it's such a compliment, and I'll tell you why. I had Priya Lumberg, who's an amazing actress and uh, you know glamorous to look at. At least we made sure to uh, light her that way and give her that opportunity. But when she comes comes walking up out of the water, uh, the day we shot it, I thought this is this is kind of Bondy. That's cool, you know. And yeah. and some of the gorgeous locations on Maui, uh, particularly the home of uh, John Travolta's character which is a very unique architecture. Uh, there's there's a bit of a Bond vibe here. Yeah, and I, I definitely got that. And I, I almost, you know, Travolta was playing something of a, almost a classic Bond villain. You know, there's, you know, there's that element to it. So I, I sort of enjoyed getting that from it. As, as an old Bond fan, that's, that's a big compliment. And I mean, obviously you've got John Travolta and Bruce Willis, but you've also got Stephen Dorff. How did, how did he get involved in the project? I've been a fan of Dorfs for years, and I had this pivotal uh, third bounty hunter character. And, you know, I've, I've worked with all different kinds of police and even people that have worked for the CIA, different, different people that uh, give us advice on films, how to get things right. And I just wanted the grit a real bounty hunter might have. And Dorf is just a natural that way. He's such a terrific actor. Uh, he brings this kind of 
tough, tough guy machismo without even trying. So I found him to be very convincing and kind of an anchor to the the uh, technical part of the bounty hunter story. Yeah, he's an actor. He doesn't get enough credit. He's you know, what I think, you know, uh, I, I, I he, he's known. I wouldn't call him a secret weapon, but uh, I just think Dorf is amazing. He, he's always working. The, the public will see more and more of Stephen Dorf, I think. Uh, he's a great leading man. Uh, and in this case, with an ensemble cast like this, he's a fantastic addition. Well, that's it. I mean, he goes toe to toe with with Bruce Willis and John Travolta, you know, and he and he holds his own. So it's the two, the, my my two favorite Travolta scenes. One is with Dorf tied to a chair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> John John has like a four page dialogue scene with a man tied to a chair, and the other is uh, Blake Jenner locked in a car with him. So it, it's very interesting. And, it, and it, you got to give John Travolta a lot of credit for being able to really bring truth and life to these scenes. Well, that's it, you know, and I mean, obviously, they, they're very kind of sort of small scenes within kind of insular. But I mean, you make so, such good use of Hawaii as well. Thrill thrillers are about suspense. I've done what I would call, you know, action thrillers and action comedies. Um, but setting these characters up and really creating some tension, let, let, letting the audience in on the story moves so they can guess what might happen next. We have our twists, yeah. uh, but they're what I call honest twists. In, in hindsight, the audience had the clues. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's a very well-constructed thriller in that you kind of, obviously, it begins with a prologue that then feeds into the rest of the film, you know, and again, well, I'd sort of give it too much away. Well, obviously, we're talking about Bruce Willis being no, in it. No so. more spoilers, man. We got, But it's true. Look, I really had fun. Uh, I call it retrofitting. You go back through the story and you, you really set your twists up and you have fun playing them off dramatically. In this case, with a lot of there is a lot of kinetic action in the film. Um, so, you know, it's it's my favorite kind of thriller. I hope the audiences feel the same way. Well, that's, I mean, you you just talked about setting things up. Was the structure of the film like that in the screenplay? Or did you go and sort of re-edit things? Well, the, the, the uh, I'd have to go out with some more spoilers again, but I restructured the original screenplay uh, and worked with Corey Large and Edward Drake uh, and did my uh, several drafts of the script to kind of really uh, get the full value out of the twists and turns of the script and the eccentricities of the character. By then I knew I had John Travolta to work with. So I wanted to give him, I call it eccentricities. It's those things that are just a little unexpected for the character. Well, speaking of eccentricities for the character, he's got very flamboyant uh, wardrobe in the film. Is that something that he chose himself or? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, we had a, we had a brief conversation about it. And that's the first thing he said. He said he thought Buck should dress a little flamboyantly. I said, absolutely, this character is definitely a narcissist. He thinks, you know, the world revolves around him. And uh, I was delighted uh, to see the wardrobe choices uh, he came up with with our wardrobe designer. So, yeah, he, he created a unique character. That's one of the things I'm very happy about. We've got a, a very special uh, version of a John Travolta performance. Well, that's, I mean, I think he's fantastic in the film. And I mean, obviously, like I said before, I'm a huge trouble with the fans. So it's one of those great things to watch. I really think it's a return to form for John. I mean, he's been trying, you know, great things as an actor. Um, but I, I think he hasn't played a villain in a while that I recall. And uh, he just knocked this out of the park. It's really fun to watch him. Well, yeah, I mean, he always is, even when he's a hero. But there's always a, a certain True. sort of... You know, True. twinkle to Travolta's, you know, it, I wouldn't call it a campness, but there's an arch quality sometimes, to, which 
or is it a pleasure to watch? There's a, there's a bit of a zest when the mask comes off in the story. There's a bit of a joie de vie of a killer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so that's something that I think is is special. And another thing about the film is a lot of understanding of Hawaiian culture. Is that something that was in the, the script? Did you bring that into it? Or? Well, I I I worked with uh, uh, cultural experts there. Our, our crew got a blessing. You'll see the same blessing uh, in the body of the movie. Um, and I was I, I look when I work with a local culture, I want to get it right. So I, I did spend some time with the locals. I'm especially happy we were able to cast a number of locals in, in pivotal parts and, and catch a little bit of this charming Hawaiian accent I wasn't really even aware of before I started working over there. So, you know, look, it's about, um, at the core of the thriller is about protecting sacred land in Hawaii and the people that live there. And uh, so there's a, good, there's a good hearted element uh, to this story that I think is very uplifting for a thriller. There is, I mean, and is that sort of middle section where they, they kind of leave the city and then they go to Paradise City, you know, and it's almost like a, a different film where it's a, it kind of shows you what Hawaii is like in its its purest sense. My, my uh, sort of the random times I've gone to Maui, taking my kids there like a lot of people have for beautiful vacations. Even then, I met some of the, the great local people and this whole aloha spirit thing is a very real thing. So I wanted to show that there's more than one Maui. There's the very high-end luxury hotel version that Travolta's character lives in. Uh, but then there's the best part of the, the local culture tucked away uh, where, where tourists might not uh, have the opportunity to see it. And it's, it, it, there's a fantasy element. This is not a documentary, but that's the spirit that I get from the Hawaiian people. I wanted to dramatize that. And that's it. I mean, like I said, that, that sequence, you kind of... I presume it's a drone shot where you, they're, they're kind of they're walking towards you know into, into the the thick of uh, sort of there's the, the one there's one great shot where they're walking towards the hills. Yes, that's the one. It is, and and it, it it ended up looking like one of those great shots out of the Lord of the Rings where you know they have doubles playing the actor. Well, those are my real on Paradise City. It was always the real actors. Right. <laughs> uh, we jammed on the island and everybody wanted to work every day. Uh, so that's Blake and Priya walking into a really gorgeous setting. We found. Uh, there on Maui. That's a that's the shot. It's a drone shot. That, that is a great drone shot. Yeah, it, it is. You sort of see it and you go, my God. I mean, I've never. I'm in Ireland, so I've never been to Hawaii. So it's 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 a very different sort of. My ancestors are from County Cork. Really? So yeah. I've I, I, been there once or twice. I did the underscore of the mask uh, in Dublin. Right. I didn't know yeah. that. But yeah. trivia. So here's to here's to our to our Irish brothers and sisters as well. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Um, sort of, you, you've you've now sort of worked with Travolta twice. You've you've worked kind of with Bruce Willis now. Um, you've worked with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Schwarzenegger. You sort of you're taking off these big movie stars. Who's who's next on your list? <laughs> I don't know, but but when Corey came to me with this project, see, I I tried to work with Bruce back. I think it was in the early two thousands uh, on a, a studio film that didn't quite happen, which is something the, that that's very common. Uh, so I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to get to work with Bruce. And then what about Bruce and John? So look, I, I, I've gotten to do two things. I'm very fortunate in my career. I've gotten to work with iconic stars and I've gotten to launch new actors. Yes. You mentioned Dwayne Johnson. Scorpion King was his first leading role. He was, he was well known from uh, the wrestling, uh, and he had just shot two days on the mummy. And, um, 
in in I said I kept seeing his picture on the poster saying Dwayne I I thought you were not the lead in this it hadn't come <laughs> out yet and he he goes I shot, he said he shot two days on the mummy in, in in phony Egyptian dialogue and he was but he was already becoming such a star so uh, Jim Carrey wasn't done internationally Cameron Diaz hadn't acted at all before so it's really fun when I know somebody really has the talent and the charisma to give new actors opportunities and help lift up their brand help you as we use the name star um but to also work with iconic actors like bruce and john travolta is just you know really amazing for me in my career and i mean you're very good at you know sort of teasing these interesting performances like i said before i am wrath is very different to kind of paradise City. totally different character totally yeah. different character so once you've 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 sort of done the publicity on this what's next for you um, one never knows exactly what ne what's next. I have two or three projects uh, that are of different genres uh, that we're looking at right now. And, and uh, uh, I don't want to, to anticipate which will be first, but we'll know that probably even in the next month or so. Well, I'll look forward to it. Uh, can I say, Chuck, thank you for your time today. It's been great talking with you and I really enjoyed the movie. I'm really glad you didn't. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie. So I, I encourage our, our audiences to take a little visit uh, to Paradise City. Yeah, no, definitely. And to see sort of Bruce Willis and John Travolta on screen again together. So a couple of fantastic performances. Yep. No, I loved it. So thank you for your time and thank you for thank making you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies and Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope that you tell your friends about it. That's it for this time, and I'll see you at the movies.